Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for the first half hour is Al Casado, who is the president of the CKS Summit Group, which is based in Clinton Township, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Al. Hello. How are you? Very good. Just to start with a little bit of your background, both educational and professional, and uh, how you created this firm. Well, the firm was created back in uh, 1998. Um, I actually grew up in uh, Florida, graduated from University of Miami, and uh, somehow migrated up here to Michigan. And um, shortly after that, uh, after a few years working for the uh, federal government, I uh, decided to go on my own and went into the financial world. So basically, you're helping people uh, prepare for and live in retirement. Is that basically the, the thrust of your firm? Yes. We, we, we basically deal with um, pre-retirees and retirees only. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what is the big pro- I mean, I hear from them all the time that a big problem they've got is they're earning nothing on their CDs and money market funds and treasury bills, and, uh, but they're afraid to invest in stocks and bonds and so on. Is, is that what you're hearing from them, too? Well, that's one of them, but uh, the biggest fear I think that we're seeing here is um, are we going to outlive our, our are we going to outlive our money? Are we going to outlive our assets? What we currently have today is going to be able to last because you know retirement's no longer a 10, you know, 15 year uh, proposition. Most people are now going 20, 25, 30 years into retirement. So making the money last is probably the, the number one priority that we see the the one the, the first thing that most of our clients are think are saying, "Geez, do we have enough and how do we make it?" And so part of that problem is their money isn't earning much if they're going to be totally safe with it, right? Well, it could go either way. It could be because they do have it in, in such low interest-bearing accounts or because they've taken a um, significant amount of risk over the last 14 years and the markets haven't been so kind to them. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, okay, so tell me, take me through the process. A client comes in. They've got some assets. They're worried about outliving their money. What is the process you take them through uh, to create a plan for them? Well, the, fir- the first thing is, is really understanding where they're coming from or where they're going to, actually, too. Um, what are the decisions that they've made so far to get them to the position to, to where they're at currently? And really understand what they, they, they have, educate them on what they currently have, because uh, a lot of people make, a, a, make mistakes when they're, when they're sitting with a the, with the new advisor. They... You know, they want to just make a change to make a change. And a lot of times, it, you know, sometimes where you're at really is where you should be at. So our, our goal really is to educate them first of what they have to make sure that they understand um, how it works, how it works in their, their plans, how it works in their, uh, for their future. And then we can decide, well, are, is there anything that we can do as a firm here to enhance that? If there is, then there's something that we can proceed up with and continue to, to explore. If there's not, then sometimes for them, the best thing to do is to stay right where they're at. So if people have a lot of money in CDs and money funds earning nothing, um, you think that's a wise thing for them to, to keep doing? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a universe of, of, of options out there that are, that are non-stock market options that they can look at that are income-producing um, options that they can look at. I don't think sitting in a CD right now um, or sitting in a savings account um, is, is prudent. However... Um, I do believe in having liquidity. Um, all of our clients is something that we really strive to um, make sure that they have is, is the now money, you know, that, that three to six months. And sometimes when they're retired, they like to have a year in, in reserve. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. But however, 
any money that you're trying to do, any of the other money that you're trying to use for income. To generate income, you have to learn how to live off your dividends and, and interest. And the interest and dividends need to produce the type of money that you need. So um, exploring the universe of, of, of income-generating assets sometimes uh, will work for a client that's in a position today of, of, of wanting income for the future. So let's go into that. What are some of the income options that you recommend for people who are, have a decent amount of assets but are very risk-averse? Well, we look at, the, for example, we, we look at anything that generates income, anything from preferred stocks to uh, bonds, corporate bonds itself. Not too much in the bond, uh, uh, the mutual fund market, bond mutual funds, but actual, the actual bonds, corporate bonds. We look at uh, REITs. We look at um, certain types of annuities. We look at... Um, Anything that we know that can generate and that, um, that can generate income for the client. So let's take those one at a time. Let's start with preferred stocks. So you like individual preferred stocks or preferred stock REITs or ETFs? What kind of ways do you like uh, preferred stocks, and what industries uh, are some of the preferreds that you're recommending? Well, right now, um, as far as the preferreds are concerned, we do individual preferreds. And it's really been across the uh, across the board as far as the type of preferreds we go to, depending on the type of client that we want and the type of uh, uh, returns that we're looking for in preferreds. You know, preferreds are averaging somewhere in the neighborhood between five and six percent. Um, so, depending on what type of 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 income and and to, to a degree, the risk that we want to take with within a preferred, uh, we look at that and and decide what what sector we're going to use. So it's really not one particular sector we're looking at. Um, we go across the board with our preferreds. What would be a name or two of some preferreds or companies that you like issuing preferreds these days? Well, um, as far as companies that we use right now, we probably would look, look at somewhere in the neighborhood of um, anything with... Um, I, like, I, I personally like automotive. Okay. Meaning like GM and Ford, that kind of thing? Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, they had problems in the past, but you say they've come back pretty strongly. I think they're, they're, right now they're pretty strong. They're pretty solid. Um, anything that we've done with them is pretty solid. Um, and so as far as, as that's concerned for the moment, that's, all, that's uh, one area that we kind of like to look at. Okay, so that's in the preferred area. Now, corporate bonds, uh, do you go high quality or high yield, or what, what kind of quality are you looking for in corporate bonds? Well, now, now we only do um, investment grade here, okay? So mm-hmm. only investment grade type of uh, bonds that we use. We use short-term bonds. Um, two to five years is our sweet spot, I guess. Um, and we're looking at just corporate bonds uh, that we can turn over in two to five years and ladder them out. So again, what kind of yields in today's environment where yields have fallen so sharply, what kind of yields can people get uh, in two to five year corporate paper today? You could get somewhere in the neighborhood of anywhere between three to four. Okay. And again, what would be some names of two or three that you like uh, corporate issuers that you, you're liking these days? Well, I like financials and I, and I do like some of the regular ones. Caterpillar has always been a good one. Okay, so you're not concerned about interest rates rising at all that would hurt the value of both preferreds and corporate bonds? Well, we are, and that's why we keep them short. And that's why we, that's why we use a ladder system with that. So we make sure that, um, see, when we, the, the beauty of the, of, the, of the bond itself versus a bond mutual fund is, is that even if we do have, uh, for a short while, we have some type of interest rate hike that affects the, the bond itself, 
we know that the client, it's, when we hold it to maturity, and we're holding it to short maturity, will actually get their money back should we run into any interest rate hikes right now. We don't foresee any interest rate big adjustments coming within the next two to three years, and that's the way we keep our bonds going right now. Did you see that? Do you think interest rates would fall as low as they have recently? What's that? Did you think interest rates would fall as low as they have recently? Did we think that? Oh, absolutely. With some of the moves that the, that the government has been making, yes, absolutely. You thought that rates would drop as dramatically as they have, is what you're saying? Yes. So what, what government moves are you referring to that would make interest rates drop so much? Well, I think uh, quantitative easing had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And, and that created pressure on and keeping, you know, uh, uh, what I call a pseudo- uh, low interest rate environment right now that we have the, that we're seeing in this in, in the economy right now, and it's, pr- it's putting pressure to keep those those uh, interest rates down. So, looking at some of those moves that the government has made, um, I I I, they're, I think they're almost forcing the hand of the saver to say, "Hey, you got to get back in the game." So now that quantitative easing is about to end, is that going to change things? Well. We thought that well, we thought that um, you know we would get completely rid of quantitative easing here, but you know, as, you know, Yellen spoke again uh, last week and said, um, you know, we're going to hold, we're going to kind of not go as quick as we wanted it to, because they're worried about uh, weakness around the world, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Al Kakedo. He is the president of CKS Summit Group. Uh, based in Clinton Township, Michigan. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m., 10 Central, every Sunday. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Al Kakedo. He is the president of CKS Summit Group based in Clinton Township, Michigan. Welcome back to the show, Al. Nice to be here. Uh, give us a website where people can find out more about your firm and what you offer. Uh, summitgp.com. 
And what are some of the things that they'll find at that website? Well, it's an educational website, so there'll, there'll be videos on there. There's white papers on there. There's um, the story about CKS Summit Group. Um, so there's a, there's a lot for them to, uh, to be interactive with and um, get themselves educated on things that, of how we, how we believe and things that are going on. Very good. So, so far we talked about preferreds and corporate bonds as an alternative to CDs and money funds for income. Uh, annuities is another area you wanted to talk about. So are you doing both fixed or variable annuities? What kind of annuities do you like these days? Well, um, you know, there, there is no right or wrong with annuities. I mean, I think some people get it, get it wrong. I mean, get it, get it confused here. But there is a difference. And I think that um, understanding the differences between the different types of annuities um, and educating yourself before you make that decision is really important. Um, just to go really quickly, um, you know, you have so many different types. You have your immediate annuities. And understanding that an immediate annuity is, is a form of you t- re- uh, turning your money over to an insurance company. And in return, they're giving you a, a stream of income. The issue you have there is is that um, in the event that there's an early death um, and you have a lifetime payout, uh, the insurance company wins. Okay. What, what kind looking, of rate of return can people expect on immediate annuities today if they were to turn over a lump sum? Oh, they're they're only sitting. Immediate annuities only turn around between I don't know one one and a half percent. Wow. Yeah, but remember, it's it's in a, it's in a stream of income and it's a guaranteed income. So even if you yeah. ran out of money. Um, that money will continue to pay out. But you can do it as a joint survivor so your spouse would get it if you die first, right? Absolutely. There's so many ways of structuring it if you were to do an immediate annuity. Absolutely. So okay. that's, one way, that's one way of going. With variable annuities, um, what you're doing is you're placing the risk. It's so really solely on you because what you're doing is, is you're buying mutual funds and, and, and you know, uh, equities within inside of a, a variable contract. The one issue that people need to really understand with that is is the type of fees you're paying for them. Because with a lot of these variable annuities, you're anywhere between, you know, two to four percent in total fees after you pay mortality costs and separate account fees and all that kind of stuff. And and then you have to pay all the writers that they want you to get and understanding all the writers that are in there. Um, so that's one. You know, that's another type of annuity that's out there. So that's two to four percent per year. We're talking about right per year. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had so we've had clients. Can take away from your return. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've had clients come in here, and by the time we actually you know talk to their insurance carrier, and they see that the amounts you know we we typically see them between three to four percent per year. So you know they think they did did really well, but they can't understand where all these fees are coming from, and it's typically that. And the one fee they always forget is really the separate account fee, because mm-hmm. those mutual funds also have carry you know, carry their own internal fees. Okay, so, so that's variable annuities. How about fixed so annuities? Fixed annuities right now, you can get them, you know, there's multi-year guarantees, and that's basically, you know, it's like almost a CD. I mean, you, you're, you're for a certain period of time, you're getting a certain rate of return. Um, we've had five years uh, annuities going right now for, in the neighborhood, about three, three and a half. And then the next one would be your fixed index annuities, and those, you know, you have to also know a little bit about them. Those are, at least they don't, they don't carry fees. They index against a, a certain index, the S&P 500, the Russell, the Dow, whatever indexes you pick. Um, you can't lose money on that as far as you cannot have a negative year. Um, but the positives are, are based on the returns of, 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 of the, based on caps and participation rates that you choose within that annuity. So you're, you're going to share in some of the upside of the, of the, of the markets, 
but uh, never any of the downside of the market. So, so of for, somebody who would come to you with a lump sum of some kind, or 401k rollover or something like that, of these different annuities, immediate, variable, fixed, and index, how would you decide what's appropriate for them? Well, it all depends on their, on their, what, their need for income, their, their uh, appetite for, for risk, and is it, is it going to, first of all, is it, is it, do we need to preserve asset and drive income um, and the cost? And as long as they understand the cost and the difference between the, all, all four of them, um, then we will sit down and decide, all right, if, if we're going to even use an annuity, then we'll decide which, which one of those annuities would probably be the best for their particular case. It, it, it would be malpractice for me to say, yeah, somebody comes to me with a half a billion, I'm going to stick them in a variable annuity, or I'm going to stick them in an index annuity. I, I, we don't know that because everybody that comes in here is going to be different. So it's going to be based on, 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 on need, risk factors, and, and cost. Very good. Now, another thing you talk with about uh, is Social Security and um, people taking Social Security. How do they make the decision on when to take it, and what are some of the errors they make in that area? Well, you know, Social Security, uh, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge deal nowadays with all the baby boomers coming in. Um, if you look at uh, Social Security right now, it takes about, most people, it makes up, up to about 40% of their, of their income in retirement. So making the, the right decision could be what we call the $100,000 mistake, not knowing when, when and how to take that, that Social Security. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, especially baby boomers, their, their age of retirement is 66. And the big question is, do I take it at 62? Do I take it at 69? What do I do? Um, but there's so much more to it. I mean, one of the, you know, a big growing part of our, our, our firm today is advising Social Security. And, and it's not as simple as saying, oh, we're going to start at 66 or we're going to start at 62. Um, understanding, understanding all the combinations, there's over 400 combinations that you can use when you're trying to figure out Social Security. Do you think a lot of people take it too early? I think uh, I think some people take it um, unknowingly and not being educated about it. And I think what they do is they they lose out on a lot of on a lot of the um, potential assets that they can make throughout their. Like I said, the difference is it can be up to a hundred thousand dollars through their lifetimes. So not that they take it early. I think is it some uh, we we see that a lot of uneducated decisions because it's so. It's so it's complicated, and if you try to figure, you know, if you try to call Social Security, they can't advise you. If you try to get on their website, um, they have a pretty good calculator, but it's limited. It doesn't tell you what. Well, what if I have suspended? Uh, if I want to suspend, what if I have a? If, if I'm a uh, divorcee of somebody I was married for ten years or more, and I divorced them, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, but can I still file today? And the answer to that would be uh, yes, you can. And it doesn't even affect the other the other individual. So there's so many little nuances when you're talking Social Security that um, to sit down with somebody who really understands and takes you through the entire process again can mean about an extra hundred thousand dollars in an individual's pocket over a yes. lifetime. Complicated for them to figure out. Another area is qualifying for Medicaid and kind of end of life. Uh, so are you kind of in what I would call the planned impoverishment business to help people get rid of assets in the right way so they can qualify for Medicaid? No, we, that's really not something that we do in our firm here. That's uh, something that when we have a client, that is, if we even get a referral of that type, um, and I always tell my clients that too, uh, you really need to talk to, to a Medicaid attorney for that. 
Um, there's a lot of things that are being done and said that you can and can't do. And I think, you know, especially here in Michigan, you know, we have recovery laws. We have all that issue, all the changes um, that have been made. And what, you know, there's a lot of misconception of what you can and can't do. And I always tell that, just like with anybody, you have to go to a specialist that does that. And typically... Do, do people uh, come I, into you with that impression, though, that if they plant right, they can kind of impoverish themselves correctly and then qualify for Medicaid? Is that oh, kind absolutely. of a common thing? Absolutely. They think they can get rid of assets. They think they can do this. Or, or you know what, I place my, I place my son in there, uh, and he's in my joint account, and he's going to be able to... No, it doesn't, it doesn't, do, it doesn't work that way. The look-back periods. you got to understand, most states... Their Medicaid programs are, are near bankruptcy, <laughs> so um, the states are getting a lot tougher to qualify. You know, to have people to qualify for it, and then what? A, what a lot of people don't understand is also the the level of care you get in Medicaid. And if you if you if you do a pre planning, um, you can almost avoid all that. I even have to look at Medicaid as an option, but when it has to be done, it should be done correctly, and. There are certain things you can do to preserve assets where you don't have to get rid of the, the, the notion is that you have to be completely broke. But if, you, if it's done correctly with the right person advising you, there is a, there's a lot that can be done to save you know, some of the assets that, are, that, that you've worked so hard for. Do you think long-term care is a better alternative for people than trying to impoverish themselves to qualify for Medicaid? I think long-term care is, 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 is an option. I mean, we, you know, it's interesting because we'll, we'll insure ourselves for our, uh, a car. We'll insure ourselves for fire, for fire, for home insurance. You know, how many times do we actually use all that? Um, but the chances of you going and using some type of long-term care and having some type of long-term care issue after age 65 almost goes to almost 50%. Almost one in two Americans will have, will have some form or some type of long-term care need. But the cost of it has gone up a lot lately, and there's been carriers have dropped out of the long-term care market. Yeah, there is, and and, and traditional long-term care is is gotten um, expensive. But one of the things that we focus on is alternative long-term care, and using it where you can actually have control of the asset, um, and be able to use the money for in case you live, in case you die, and in case there is a a need for long-term care, and have more control of the asset that way, to where you're not giving the insurance company a premium out. And in case you never use it, then money's gone. So, so, there's so what, what does that it. mean, an alternative long-term care? What would be a way of getting alternative long-term care without buying a policy directly from a company? Well, it's still, done, it's still underwritten by life insurance companies. The only thing is that you're doing, just using a different type of vehicle. Instead of a traditional long-term care where you're, you're saying, here, I'm going to pay you $4,000 a year, and then you're going to give me X amount of benefits and all this kind of stuff. And if I die, well, I, you know, after 10 years, you took my forty grand, And... You know, that's money out of my pocket. Or there's policies where you can use and do lump sum payments or, or use lump sum asset that will buy you, um, buy you coverage with pennies on the dollar. And if you die, the, the money you put will go back to your, your heirs. Um, if you live and you never use it, if you never use your long-term care and you want to use the money, the money is accessible to you. And if there is a long-term care, then usually the, 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 the payout will triple double, triple, sometimes even quadruple the amount of asset that you put in there for it. So it gives us a little bit more of liquidity use and control of the money as opposed to doing the traditional route. But I, I am of the, uh, of, uh, I, I'd say you, you should do something. Um, Medicaid should not be your plan. No, and a lot of people <laughs> think that's the, the best way. It's not going to be very good Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. They think that that's the only way to go. And, the, you know, I mean, if you, if you do it right, if you do it correctly, uh, if you sit down with somebody that understands those, those issues, 
then there's usually an alternative that you can come about um, that can come about and and help you get through that. So you never have to go in through and, and use Medicaid as one of your plans. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Al Kakedo. Uh, he is the president of the CKS Summit Group. Uh, his website is summitgp.com. Uh, he's based in Clinton Township, Michigan. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Al. Thank you for having me. Thank you, and we'll be back after the break with our next guest, who is Pat Pizan. We'll be back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Bradley Williams. Uh, he is the president of Brad Williams Financial Services. Welcome back. Welcome to the show, Brad. Well, thank you for having me. Just give us a little bit of background about your uh, experience in the financial industry and what areas you specialize in. Well, I've got 27 years in the industry. Uh was a captive agent for many, but the last uh, really 15 I've been uh, independent and have focused um, primarily on retirement distribution planning, really help, helping people take all that they've done and all that hard work uh, and create a structured plan so they can um, you know, live the life they want and, and not outlive their money. So what is the state of people entering retirement today? Are most people in pretty good shape and they need help in kind of distributing it, or are a lot of people entering retirement with not enough money these days? Well, you know, there's a little of all. Uh, what, what I see in, in, mine, uh, in my practice is I've got a lot of people that have, have worked real hard to create, you know, retirement savings, but they have no clue how to go about structuring it. How, how do I do this? 
Um, when do I to- take Social Security? Uh, you know, those those type of questions. And then there are some that, that really haven't saved enough, and, and it's a matter of how do we adjust their lifestyle and, and adjust their goals to meet reality. So how do you do that? Let's say somebody comes into you and they don't really have enough to work with. How do you adjust their lifestyle to meet reality, as you just put it? Well, it's a process. Uh, I use a, a pretty uh, intricate software system where we, we look at everything. And uh, uh, and it, the numbers come out the way the numbers come out. And, you know, it may be that uh, they need to work a little longer. Uh, it may be that they need to... Um, to do some some type of job in retirement to make sure that they're not going in to their money too early because uh, you probably well know that uh, it's those earliest years that can have the most impact long-term if you're taking too much out. I mean, one of the biggest problems for retirees today is that they keep their money safe in CDs and money market funds and so on. They're earning zero pretty much, and it looks like that's going to be that way for a long time. What do you tell people who come with a certain amount, maybe it's a lump sum from a 401k, and they don't want to take risk, but they've got to earn some kind of a decent return. What kind of advice do you give them? Well, and you had, um, when when we had talked earlier, I, I mentioned my, you know, bucket plan for your bucket list, and, and really a bucket list is really what you want to accomplish in your life. I, I like the buckets approach because it, it allows me to structure their retirement plan uh, in a five-year, then 10-year, then 15, and then a legacy bucket. So really, there's about four buckets I use, and, and I put the appropriate investments in each one. You know, like you mentioned, a lot of people like to stay liquid, but in today's um, in today's market, liquidity has a real high cost, and that high cost is no no return. And so it's making sure they have enough money to access in that short-term period, but making sure that they're taking advantage of, of those investment vehicles that can work for them if they can allow them to, to percolate, so to speak. Now, you say one of the big challenges for retirement is outliving their income uh, and the effects of inflation. So if your money is sitting there in a CD or money market fund earning zero, you're going to get hit by both. You're not earning any income and inflation is eating away at your purchasing power. So how do you deal with that? Well, uh, you know, there are uh, annuities might be an answer for some people um, that can pay a, a guaranteed income or um, looking at a structured bond portfolio that's a long-term thing, not not bond funds so much because in in this environment you can really take a hit there. Um, but trying to trying to find a structured way to get a reasonable amount of return, and, and as you mentioned, banks aren't the place to do that right now. In fact, my understanding is banks really don't even want your CD money. <laughs> They're not putting it out. They're, they're just sitting on all this money, basically, these days. Yeah. So, uh, And then just talk about the effects of inflation a little bit, because officially, inflation is below 2%. There is no inflationary problem. We're worried about deflation. So you, you still think there's some inflation out there. Tell me about that. Well, you know, uh, the government measurement uh, of inflation lacks some key ingredients, and, and anybody who says there's not any inflation either hadn't been to the grocery store or hadn't filled up their tank in quite a while. And the, the two biggest expenses for, for most people outside of what their housing costs are are what they eat and their transportation costs, and, and those are definitely going up. Well, I mean, some people say gas prices are going down right now. Um, and, and in fact, food prices, I mean, commodity prices have been falling all across the board, oil, grains, and so on. So some would say that the big problem is deflation now, not inflation, and, and particularly in those commodities you just mentioned. 
Yeah, I, I will say from my experience going to the grocery store, my grocery bill is getting higher, not lower. Okay. And, <laughs> and you know, gas fluctuates with the market. You know, obviously during um, during times like we're in now, the economies aren't aren't doing as good as as people would like, and so demand's down, so it causes a short term fluctuation. But you know, gas gas prices are a lot more expensive than they were you know seven years ago, six seven yes. years ago. So how does that affect people's uh, investment outlook if they should anticipate? And, you know, roughly what kind of inflation rate realistically should people be planning for going forward? Well, the inflation rate I use in my basic calculations is is right around 3.7%. And uh, uh, that's just what I found in my experience that, that works for me. You know, that's not necessarily that's the silver bullet that is the answer. It's just what I use. And it's yeah. worked out for me. Now, you say another risk that people take is both market risk and interest rate risk. So we've seen a period for the, until recently, relatively low volatility, actually, in the stock market. It's been pretty much going up a uh, right. straight line for about five years or so. And you say interest rate risk. The, the, the risk has been how low interest rates can go. <laughs> They've been falling further and further all the time. So wh- why are there market and interest rate risks in the current environment? Well, when you when you look at that, for example, uh, let, let's take a sample client I might have that that I met with. Uh, maybe they they came in to see me the first time in 2008, and they've got you know twenty thousand dollars in Social Security. They got a pension of twenty five thousand dollars, and they got a half a million dollars in CDs, earning five percent. That's generating another twenty five grand a year, and they got a stock and bond portfolio that may be generating another couple, three or four thousand in dividends. Um, and, and to them at that point, life is okay. You know, life's pretty good. They're doing stuff for the grandkids or they're being able to travel and things are fine. And then all of a sudden, 2010 comes around and those 5% CDs renew and, you know, they're down to one or 2%. And then they renew again because they don't want to lock in a low one, and, and when they come in after a year, they're you know they're down to three quarters of a percent, or a half a percent, and so all of a sudden that twenty five thousand dollar a year CD uh, interest they're getting is now twenty five hundred, and they've had a twenty two thousand five hundred dollar cut in pay. Life's changed, and so uh, you know what happens to a lot of people, or what's happened to a lot of people, is they're chasing yield, and so they've they've. You know, those things have come due, and they've moved it into the stock market. And uh, they're taking the risk because they've got to have the yield. So maybe they're buying some dividend stocks, and they've seen that go up. But, uh, you know, when free money stops and interest rates start rising, that money's going to come out of the stock market, and the stock market's going to go down. And, and there's your, there's your uh, market risk right there. Is so you the think they've been making a mistake. Overnight. You think they've been making a mistake in taking it out of safe – principal things like CDs and going into higher yield stocks and stock dividends because eventually they'll end up losing more principal than they've been earning in the yield. Well, I don't know necessarily that that's a mistake. They're just doing what they had to do. Um, Mm -hmm. They're just chasing yield. And so uh, uh, it's, it's important to be able to keep your finger on that pulse and make sure and working with an advisor or working, you know, sitting in front of the computer every day, making sure that if the market does turn on them, that they're not going to see a huge drop in their principal. Yeah. So, so in your circumstance, you've come, somebody's come to you and they've done that. They took their money out of CDs where they were earning nothing. 
they've gone into, as you put it, chasing yield. What would you advise them to reverse that strategy, or how would you deal with somebody in that circumstance? Well, we'd look at, at you know what their overall plan is, and 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 go back to the buckets again. Um, having you know being in the stock market is the best place to be long term. The problem is, is that you know two thousand eight we saw huge drops. Two thousand or you know two thousand one we saw a huge drop, um, and so structuring it, I look at things in terms of a what's a safe money alternative, what's a moderate risk money, what's a what's a risk money and find out how to balance that out um, based on what I call the rule of 100, whether, you know, we take their, just a general rule doesn't apply to everybody, but it's a good general rule. Take their age out of 100 and and they ought to have that in, in safe and moderate type risk investments, which are, you know, bonds or uh, annuities, um, whether they're fixed or, uh, but some with guarantees and then have their risk money in, in the market where they can get the yield, but they're not risking everything. Now, you also say that taxes are an important thing. Now, some, some people would say we have amongst the lowest tax rates we've ever had, and uh, on an after-tax basis, people are doing really well here compared to the past. We've got capital gains at 15% for most people. So why are taxes a big issue for most people? Well, for that very reason, they're going up. And so if they're if they're adjusting their, their lifestyle on on taxes at the rate they're paying today, then they're going to see some tremendous pain in the future if they're not if they're not prepared for that. Uh, because you're right, taxes are very low right now, but they've already started rising. Do you think politically the, the taxes would be able to go up at the federal level? I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear your question. Do you think politically that it will be possible to raise taxes at the federal level? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, and and uh, I just think Washington is, you know, they they never look at things in terms of reducing spending. They just want more contribution. And so whether they come right at it or whether they do it in a piecemeal approach and and kind of pick off the ends and and work toward the middle, uh, you know, this that's one way they do it, or they just add different fees. Indeed, they'll get you one way or the other. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this half hour is Brad Williams. Uh, His firm is Brad Williams Financial Services, based in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, His website is askbradwilliams.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? 
Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly-based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Brad Williams. He's the president of Brad Williams Financial Services based in Huntsville, Alabama. His website is askbradwilliams.com. Welcome back to the show, Brad. Thank you. Good to be here. Another, another big area that uh, people entering retirement are going to have to deal with is health care costs, particularly long-term health care costs. Now, they can buy long-term health care insurance. Uh, they can do this as part of insurance, life insurance programs as far as living benefits. What are some ways that people can uh, assure themselves they're not going to get sunk by long-term health care costs? Well, and you being in this industry, you know that 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 solutions changed quite a bit over the last few years with the uh, price increases in traditional long-term care insurance. Now, for for a long time, that seemed to be the perfect answer for a lot of people. You know, if they were within a certain amount of assets, that you know they could take that premium and pay that. But there's some you know twenty, thirty, forty percent rate increases on traditional long-term care insurance that we're experiencing right now because of low interest rates and and the fact that. Policies aren't lapsing. People are keeping them, and claims are longer and more expensive than they expected. And so, looking at life insurance is a good way. If someone has an insurance need, it does guarantee uh, their premium and and gives them a way to benefit from that. Uh, there are some uh, fixed annuity contracts that that offer uh, long term care benefits that. Um, you know, basically magnifies or or uh, uh, increases what their value is if they're using it for long-term care. Or, you know, self-insuring. There's there's ways to self-insure. And when I sit down with my clients and we're discussing long-term care, I, I always uh, I always say that it's not um, it's not how you pay for it so much whether it's through insurance or not, whether you have insurance or not, but it's where's the money going to come from? Um, you know, so... Uh, Do a lot of people have, have the, the uh, idea that they can just impoverish themselves and get Medicaid and that's not the correct idea? Is that a common misperception? You know, I, I hear a lot less of that than I did in the past. Ten years ago, I heard that a lot. Nowadays, I think people have experienced the reality of that through family members and acquaintances and realized that you know, that's not a real positive way to go. Um, 
And so if they've got the assets, it's how do they structure it to make sure the costs are covered? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you don't do these kind of planned impoverishment business where people figure out how to get rid of their assets to qualify for Medicaid, because it's not a great life living on Medicaid anyway, right? No, I, that is, if, if a client asks me to do that for them, I tell them they're with the wrong guy. Uh-huh. Okay, because there is this whole industry out there that helps people, <laughs> what I call yeah. the planned impoverishment business. They, exactly. And the one problem we have in the state of Alabama is we've got some of the toughest Medicaid laws. So uh, they pretty much look at everything as a fraudulent conveyance. So, you know, they're, they're going to come back and get it. And uh, uh, so it's, you know, it's, but, but it's looking th- is at Is this it, going to be a major problem? Do you get the, what's that? This is, this is going to be a major problem, you think, as people living a long time and not having enough money to pay for long-term health care costs? I think it's going to be a major problem, and I've been working with retirees, and that's my main focus is pre-retirees and retirees um, for the last 15 years. And as I've watched my client base age and go through those issues, uh, I think it's going to be a significant problem. And I think most people, all they got to do is look around and see their own family as they're getting older and the issues they have to realize they're going to have to make some provisions for and in many cases, it's not just nursing homes. I mean, I think about 5% of the population ends up in nursing homes. It's often home health care aides and assisted living and things kind of not nursing home. People kind of think of long-term care insurance as just nursing home coverage. It's often much more than that. Yes. In, in fact, when you look at the percentages, uh, like you just mentioned, um, of people getting care at home or in assisted living, it far outweighs nursing home. And in fact, a, a long-term care policy for many people is the sole reason they're not in a nursing home. Because mm-hmm. they're getting home health care aids covered. Exactly. That way. They're yes. being able to afford to stay at home, which makes for a better quality of life and uh, you know a happier life. Uh, ideally, if you do this right, what would be a good age where prices are today? to buy a long-term care insurance policy? You know, that has changed for me. Uh, I bought it at age 44 myself, and I'm, I'm 57 now. Um, I've experienced my first rate increase, which is pretty significant. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I still think it, it's as early as you feel you can afford it. You know, business people have some advantages in that they've got some deductibility that, that people who are not self-employed don't have. Uh, so if there are self-employed and a business owner, there are um, there's some good ways to pay for long-term care as a, as a health care benefit and get it out of the way before you retire, you know, with limited pay, although a lot of companies are getting rid of that, but, uh, uh, or life insurance contracts, you know, limited pay life insurance contracts. I, I personally think um, that the future in long-term care in the insurance industry is probably going to be the, li- the life insurance with the living benefits, because yeah. most of your insurance companies have really moved heavily away from traditional long-term care insurance. Now, you talk about a, a problem in the financial world is what you call misinformation. And this is people uh, listening to TV shows and newsletters and analysts all the time. What, what is the problem with that when people listen to so much uh, advice all the time about how to invest? Well, you know, oftentimes the people that are making the reports are journalists. And... And they're not coming from a basis of, of working in that area, you know, every day, all year. They are given a story, and they contact a source or two, and they put it together, and they report it. And you know, oftentimes, that's got one side. 
and there's in the in financial services there is no silver bullet there's no perfect solution whatever solution you use is a series of trade-offs that you have to measure and determine are you willing to accept this downside for the upside and oftentimes those news articles if you know whenever people say well you know i've always heard i should never say buy an annuity for example should i buy an annuity and my my question to them always is well that depends you know what are you looking to accomplish um, and so what people need to do is when they hear something on the news, um, don't take that as gospel. And I, I think especially older people, they're, they're so used to the news industry um, being pretty much gospel that they really don't understand that's changed, that you know, yeah. a lot of people are advocates for certain things. And, and so it's, it's a matter of, of sorting things out and getting all the information, not just a piece of it. In about two minutes we have left, one area you like are preferred stocks, kind of as an alternative. If CDs are yielding well below 1%, preferreds have decent yields. What are some preferreds you like, or do you have individual preferreds or some ETFs? What is the way to buy preferreds for some decent income and safety? Well, I look at, when I, when I choose a preferred, I look at what its yield is, you know, what, what kind of payout is it giving, and, and what about the industry? Um, when you're when you're looking at certain industries that are recession resistant, you know they're good. Um, you know I like public storage. Uh, you know that is a is a growing concern um, because as as people are um, downsizing and you know children are moving from college back into home, they got to store their stuff somewhere. So you know industries like that are are usually good, but. I do it when I when I help my clients. I do it on an individual basis, as far as an individual preferred. I, I don't get a fund or or ETFs in that respect. I mean, some people probably do, and that's fine. It's just that's the way I do it. What kind of yield should people expect from good quality preferreds these days? Well, what I'm looking for is you know in the in the in the five to six percent. Yeah. So if interest, you said at some point that interest rates are going to go up, would these preferreds get hurt if interest rates rise? Well, you know, preferreds tend to um, tend to not be as volatile as as the stock market in general is common stocks. So um, if you're in a good industry and a good company, um, then then you're 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 probably going to be all right. So it's not as much volatility as say a long term bond, which is going to have a much lower yield than five or six percent. Right. Right. Yeah, because you're exactly right. And, you know, a, a preferred, if you have to, you can get out of it. You may have a, you know, may, you may have an adjustment there if, if the market's down. But, uh, as you well know, when the interest rate environment we're in now is, is so low that it's only going to go up and, and bonds are, are going to take a hit. What are some so other, unless you're going to uh, hold them to maturity, then, you know, that's, there's, there's some interest rate risk there. What are some other industries that you like preferreds? And you mentioned public storage. Just what are some other industries that are issuing preferreds you like? Well, you know, cell phones, uh, that's only growing. I mean, how many people do you know that still have a landline? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with data being transferred over that, that's that's another one. Um, and, uh, you know, some insurance companies can, can be good uh, good investments in, and consumer goods, you know, because they're, they're – uh, People are going to buy those things no matter what. So insurance companies, storage, you know, uh, some some of those industries. Kind of stable industries, yes. Very yes, good. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, because you're not looking for, for growth here. You're, you're looking for a stable income. You're looking for a stable industry. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Brad Williams. 
He's the president of Brad Williams Financial Services based in Huntsville, Alabama. You can find out more about him at his website, which is askbradwilliams.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Brad. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next.